aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. History about to be made. One lap to go in the Daytona 500. The white flag is in the air. This will make it official. Stenhouse now three wide. Here comes Kyle Larson right up the gut. Larson looking to go up the middle and win himself the Daytona 500, but he's got no help right now. The challenge is for the lead. Joey Logano, oh, they're in the wall. A.J. Allmendinger is in the fence. The entire pack blows up. A number of cars crashing. Bubba Wallace is in it. Eric Alvarola adds the leader's race to the back straightaway. Caution is on the speedway. The race is deemed official. NASCAR by rule, who was leading when the caution flag gets called. That will be the winner of the Daytona 500. We're waiting for NASCAR to go over the video to be absolutely sure who the car was leading when the caution flag got called. We're hearing that it is official. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has won the Daytona 500 for JTG Doherty Racing. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you, having returned from Daytona International Speedway and the opening to the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series season. The Daytona 500 is in the books. Wow. What a weekend that we spent at the World Center of Racing, and we are going to relive some of it, and we're going to talk to some of the folks that were involved in it. We are going to give you a backtrack to the Daytona 500, let you listen back to the twists and the turns, the ups and the downs, and, of course, at day's end, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. celebrating as winner of the Great American Race. He is going to join us on this week's show, and so will his team owner, Tad Geschechter. We're also going to sit down with NASCAR President Steve Phelps and discuss his expectations for 2023. And we're going to transition to the race at Fontana this weekend. Last year's race at Fontana was fantastic. Sunday will be the final event on the current two-mile configuration. We'll preview what this weekend's race might have in store and so much more. But first to get us started, Kyle Ricky is here with the latest headlines. Kyle, what do you have for us? Mike, the NASCAR Cup Series season is officially underway, and country superstar Dirks Bentley got the festivities underway this past weekend, headlining the pre-race concert at Daytona. During his set, the artist announced that he'll be headlining another pre-race concert when the sport makes its return to North Wilkesboro Speedway in May for the NASCAR All-Star Race. And silly season never sleeps. 
and three drivers are staying put past 2023. Right after Hendrick Motorsports announced Alex Bowman will stay with the team for three more seasons, Ally Financial made it public that they will stay as the number 48's primary sponsor until 2028 as well. Another driver who has found a home in the Cup Series long term is Ross Chastain. Trackhouse Racing announced the team has signed the driver to a contract extension. While exact terms of the contract will not be disclosed, team president Ty Norris stated that Chastain's beard will be gray by the time the deal is over. Trackhouse also inked Daniel Suarez to a multi-year contract extension as well, as the driver had his most successful season yet a year ago. It doesn't feel like I've been with Trackhouse for that long, but it has been my longest cup team. So that just tells you how important it is, you know, the consistency and, and working together and building. Definitely Trackhouse has been by far my most successful team in the Cup Series. So yeah, it's, it's amazing and, and I think that the reality of everything is that we're just getting started. Trackhouse Racing now has their lineup secured through the 2025 season. Mike. Coming up, we'll recap an eventful Daytona 500 with a Daytona Backtracks and later Alex Hayden sits down with the winner of the Great American Race, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The 2023 NASCAR season is off and running. We took the green flag over the weekend with the Daytona 500. And, of course, Sunday's race left us with no shortage of drama and excitement. Let's listen back to all of the festivities with a NASCAR Live flashback. Fans young and old from all over the world in this capacity crowd anticipating and waiting. And the wait is over. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The 65th running of the Great American Race. But he did lead at the Daytona 500. Travis Pastrana at the top of the leaderboard. Bubba Wallace takes Toyota to the top. Five Toyotas are lined up nose to tail at the front of the field on the outside of the racetrack. He mentioned Bubba. Oh, and he gets turned into the wall. Bubba Wallace bounces off the wall. Looks like a bump draft went bad. Everybody is still with speed, but Bubba Wallace just slammed the outside wall on the back straightaway. And into the green and white checkered flag for the first time in 2023. Stage number one is over. It's going to be won by Brad Keselowski. Brad Keselowski picks up the stage win. Ryan Priest was second. Chris Buescher third. Kevin Harvick fourth. Michael McDowell was fifth. Ty Gibbs goes sixth. Jimmy Johnson seventh. Eric Almarola eighth. Martin Truex Jr. ninth and Todd Gilliland was 10th. Our first pit road penalty is being handed out. It's a speeding penalty and a pass-through going to be owed to Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch busted for speeding on the pit stop. All the way at the back of the pack. Tucks in behind Bubba Wallace and right next to Jimmy Johnson. Now there's trouble just ahead of them. Ryan Blaney hard into the outside wall. Eric Jones, Kyle Larson. The pack comes apart here in turn four. 
Daniel Suarez with nowhere to go. He has damage as the back half of the field nearly comes to a stop here at the exit of turn four, an incident that started toward the front with Ryan Blaney. Chastain out front by a half a car length over Alex Bowman. Logano side by side for position number three with Ricky Stenhouse. And now the race back to the stripe. The green and white checkered flag is in the air. Who's going to get here first? Bowman on the outside. Chastain on the inside at the line by inches. It's going to be Ross Chastain who scores the stage win. Stage two is complete. Chastain literally by inches over Alex Bowman. Joey Logano across the line in position number three. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. fourth. Bubba Wallace. A lap down not too long ago to the race lead here at Daytona. It's uh, it's impressive. And that's why you fight. And that's why you stay in it. And you continue to race hard lap after lap after lap. You never know how things are going to shake out. So Bubba Wallace now finds himself the front. Most everybody did a nice job without getting a penalty except for Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Busted for speeding. Trouble turn number three. Alex Bowman gets turned over to the apron and he saves it. Wow. What a save by Bowman. Turned on the bottom of turn number three. That nose was pointed to the end field he corrected came up the banking and he has still got a handful of wheel and he's in the throttle what a move by bowman they're crashing in turn two martin truex jr is in the middle of it ryan priest gets a piece of the action michael mcdowell is all torn up chase briscoe taking it down to the apron of the track he may have some fire underneath the hood of the mahindra tractors machine a multi-car pileup here at the exit of turn number four now briscoe apparently believes he can drive it away as he fires it up and continues continues on. Everybody has driven on with the exception of the Michael McDowell machine. He's got heavy damage. Now he's going to fire it up and drive it away. Chris Busher and Brad Keselowski have taken those Fords to the front of the field. It's Brad over Chris and the new man in third is Kyle Busch. Here comes the move. Kyle Busch will jump to the outside of the racetrack. He's going to have help. He's got two other Chevys behind him. Busher loses contact with Keselowski. Kyle Busch to the lead. Kyle Bush to the race lead with drafting help from Austin Dillon and William Byron. Oh, Trouble off turn four. One car breaks loose. It's Daniel Suarez spinning to the apron of the speedway. He'll dive down there, try to correct the race car. Caution is out with two laps to go. We're headed to overtime in the great American race. Meanwhile, on the outside of the racetrack, you've got Joey Logano. He's got drafting help from Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Now, Kyle Bush not up to speed. Fully on the back stretch. Stenhouse out of the pocket, and they're crashing for their back. Dylan, Byron, Cedric, half a dozen, ten cars, want them up on the end of the back straightaway. It started just outside of the top five. William Byron, one of the first cars to get turned. And we just tore up a whole bunch of really good race cars. Maybe half of the field has come back around. The other half still straggling through three and four. We are under caution. We did not take the white. We will do this again. There will be another green-white before we get the checkered flag. Green flag goes back in the air through the gearbox. They go outside lane, gets a bit of a push. Joey Logano shoving Ricky Stenhouse Jr., but the bottom has momentum as well. Here they come into turn number one. Everybody looking for a shove. Everybody looking for some help. Stenhouse by a bumper. That's about it. Back comes Kyle Busch on the inside. They are dead even as they make it to turn two. Side by side, Kyle Larson on the bottom. You've got Ricky Stenhouse Jr your top side. No one breaking out into three wide territory, although the numbers stack up up top. Stenhouse and Logano, one and two to the lead. Top 
six cars break away. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., race leader, outside lane with drafting help from Joey Logano. Here comes Kyle Larson to the bottom. He is drafting help from Christopher Bell. History about to be made. One lap to go in the Daytona 500. The white flag is in the air. This will make it official. Stenhouse now three wide. Here comes Kyle Larson right up the gut. Larson looking to go up the middle and win himself the Daytona 500, but he's got no help right now. The challenge is for the lead. Joey, look out. Oh, they're in the wall. A.J. Allmendinger is in the fence. The entire pack blows up. A number of cars crashing. Bubba Wallace is in it. Eric Alvarola adds the leader's race to the back straightaway. Caution is on the speedway. The race is deemed official. NASCAR, by rule, who is leading when the caution flag gets called, that will be the winner of the Daytona 500. We're waiting for NASCAR to go over the video to be absolutely sure who the car was leading when the caution flag got called. We're waiting and waiting. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. comes to the line first, however. The caution flag and the checkered flag are out. As a matter of fact, Logano's going to go up and pass Ricky Stenhouse Jr. before he got there. But we don't know for sure exactly who the winner of the Daytona 500 is officially just yet. They're celebrating ongoing in the Ricky Stenhouse Jr. pit, but NASCAR is yet to make the determination official. So it's going to come down to three cars. It will come down to Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in a Chevrolet. It will come down to Christopher Bell in a Toyota. It will come down to Joey Logano in a Ford Mustang when the caution flag came out. We're waiting. Yeah, we're, we're hearing that it is official. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has won the Daytona 500 for JTG Doherty Racing. Confetti all over the place. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Oh, his wife is in. Everybody is in here. Ricky, you are a Daytona 500 champion. What are your thoughts? What are your emotions? Uh, overwhelmed. This team worked really hard this offseason. Beginning of the year is always uh, an exciting time for everybody to get back to the track. But uh, these guys were focused all offseason. We knew we weren't where we needed to be at the end of last year. And But I will say, uh, the Daytona 500 last year, we were in position to win. Um, you know, we were leading with a, you know, four or five to go and, and got spun as part of it. But uh, I told the guys if I would take that same situation again and uh, man, we were low on fuel. Our Kroger Cottonell Camaro was super fast. Um, man, I think this is Chevy's 25th Daytona 500, I think. I don't know. It was uh, so cool to uh, put this Camaro in victory lane. It was uh, it was a tough battle day. We started 31st and worked our way up, lost track position, and uh, you know just got it back there at the end. Coming up. We'll catch up with the Daytona 500 champion Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in later. Alex Hayden will sit down with NASCAR president Steve Phelps. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! greater things this year. Everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. 
Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Sunday, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. brought home the Harley J. Earl Trophy for JTG Darty Racing in a thrilling Daytona 500. That win snapped a 199 race winless streak for Ricky as he earned his third career NASCAR Cup Series win. Our Alex Hayden caught up with Ricky and discussed that accomplishment. Ricky, you are a Daytona 500 champion. What are your thoughts? What are your emotions? Uh, overwhelmed. This team worked really hard this offseason. Beginning of the year is always uh, an exciting time for everybody to get back to the track. But uh, these guys were focused all offseason. We knew we weren't where we needed to be at the end of last year. And But I will say, uh, the Daytona 500 last year, we were in position to win. Um, you know, we were leading with a you know, four or five to go and, and got spun as part of it. But uh, I told the guys if I would take that same situation again. And it was a tough battle day. We started 31st and worked our way up, lost track position, and, uh, you know, just got it back there at the end. Yes, it's only just been a handful of hours, but have you had a chance to even just sit back and really think about this? Yeah, I have. I, you know, I've definitely enjoyed it and, you know, and celebrated with our team and, you know, went to – Obviously, victory lane, the Daytona 500 victory lanes, unlike any other victory lane. And, you know, had all my friends and family here. And, you know, we hung out at the bus. All the crew guys came over. Uh, we went and hung out with them while they were in tech. And, you know, it was a lot of work for those guys. But uh, they said they would tear it down uh, every week if they had to. So, uh, no, I mean, you know, getting back up this morning and, and really kind of taking it all in, you know, we're. Normally, after a Daytona 500, you don't win. You're already at home. And uh, so waking up, coming back to Victory Lane, doing doing media spots and, and hits there in Victory Lane, uh, I feel like that's kind of when it really sunk in that, hey, we, uh, we accomplished something great. Did you have a sense that good things were on the horizon just basically when you guys unloaded here at Daytona earlier in the week? I felt good about it. Um, I wouldn't say that I felt, you know, super super confident in it uh on wednesday after qualifying but you know when i started looking at numbers of you know we qualified 34th on on wednesday which was not impressive uh my guys were like hey we, we got a lot of work to do there but i started looking at you know last year's race you know we we were in contention we were leading at the end of last year's race and i looked at qualifying i was like guys you know how far off were we in qualifying Last year, we qualified 24th, and we were a second off the, the, the leader's time in qualifying, and, you know, this year we were seven and a half tenths off. So I was like, hey, guys, we closed the gap. Um, obviously, everybody got faster as well, but I was like, if we close the gap two and a half tenths, um, you know, we still have a shot at winning this because I felt really good with my race car last year in the draft and, um, and felt like I was able to do what I needed to do with my race car last year. And then, um, you know, in the duels, I felt felt good, and we made some adjustments for Friday's practice, and we went out in the big Chevy group and, and all drafted together, and I told the guys, I'm like, hey, the car's good. Uh, I like how it's driving. I felt like we put more speed in it than what we had Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, I said, you know, we're good to go. We didn't practice Saturday. Uh, the guys just massaged on it uh polished it and, and double checked everything and and we were able to to go get the job done with with what we had and, and i felt really good about it 
as the race played out, there were periods of, obviously, the anticipation, the anxiety, the start of the race. There were periods of riding, whether it's inside lane, outside lane, you're getting moved up and down the leaderboard throughout the race. There are near misses that come along with that. At what point in the race did you say, okay, we legitimately have a great chance of winning the Daytona 500? Yeah, I mean, you know, the first stage, we just, we I'm sure nobody even talked about any of us that were in the back we were just kind of riding um you know we started 31st once the green flag flew you know mike kelly's like hey if you can get to the front get to the front uh if if you feel like you can't like we are completely okay with riding and um you know that's not normally my mo but you know my mo throughout these races at super speedway is not just the daytona 500 is you know fill it out and and, and go with your gut and so we tried to get to the, you know, up through the field the first, you know, 10 or so laps of, of that race, and, and I didn't see that panning out. So, fell to the back and just kind of cruised the first stage. I cruised close enough to the field where I could watch, you know, what the leaders were doing. So, I felt like I was kind of going to school and just taking mental notes throughout the whole race. And then, started the, the second stage, we were able to get to the front and um, put ourselves in position to, you know, push i think the one and the 48 um our chevy teammates we were battling there uh, we had a late race re- or a, a uh like a green white checkered little shootout there to end stage two and i felt like i learned a lot right there you know knowing that hey this race could you know come down and normally does to a couple restarts a couple green white checkers and it did last year and we were leading last year when that happened and uh then we were i think the last caution so um you know i I felt like towards the end of stage two, I was like, hey, we got a car capable of winning. Uh, I just hadn't put ourselves in that position until the end of stage two. So once that happened, I felt really confident in our race car. And, you know, we we lost our track position a couple times, even after the end of stage two. Uh, But we were, it seemed like our car was handling good enough um, that we were able to, especially on the long run, um, you know, take no tires and still drove good towards the end. You were clearly out front. It wasn't even within question. Tells you how good the race car was, how good you were behind the wheel of the race car. Some drivers have planned celebrations. Was this something that you had thought about previously to climb a fence and do (laughs) pull-ups? No, not at all. Uh, I I feel like, you know, I used to, like, think, all right, hey, we win. I'm going to do this. And then it never works out, right? So, uh, no, there was no plan. Uh, I really wanted to do a burnout, but... We had just enough fuel to, you know, take the checkered and then make it back to the start finish line. And then I was out of fuel. So uh, I couldn't do a burnout. And I got out, obviously, on top of the car, you know, jumped on on my guys there. And they were like, hey, we're going to climb the fence. I was like, all right, well, let me do this interview first. I do the interview. I turn around and they were gone. So um, I was like, well, they mentioned climbing the fence. I guess I'll go climb the fence. And then when I got to the top, I was like, oh, there's a cable going across here guess I'll do a couple pull-ups and get a little work, uh, an extra workout in. So, um, you know, we put a, I put a lot of emphasis on my training, uh, trainer Ryan back at, uh, my gym. Um, he, he puts a lot of hard work in and, uh, and holds me accountable to show up to the gym. And, um, so I, uh, I did a couple pull-ups for him. Ricky, what does Tad, Jody Geschechter, Brad Doherty, what do they mean to you? Uh, they mean a lot, you know, um, you know, I've, I've had, I had a, a decent, long cup career uh before coming over here um you have know, had ups and downs uh and then when my time at Roush Fenway was over um you know they they believed that 
you know, I was a race car driver that could, you know, up the level of, of their race team. And, and that meant a lot to me. And for them to stick behind me, even though, you know, we didn't have the greatest seasons here, but, you know, we had some shining moments uh, throughout, uh, you know, since 2020. We, we've definitely had ups and downs, but there was a lot of bright spots uh, that we've had together. And uh, for them to, you know, continue to stick behind me, um, you know, Tad, Jody, Brad, Gordon, Mark, the, the whole ownership group of this, this race team, uh, you know, it, it takes, they all have different roles and, um, you know, it's, it's cool to get them in victory lane. You know, we had a, a lunch this off season and, you know, we, we had a video plan and we, we had some, some of their wins. We had, you know, some of my wins. I'm like, all right, now we, now we got to do this together. You know, let's, let's go make some more memories and, uh, you know, couldn't start it off any better. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Became the 42nd different winner in the Daytona 500 when he took the checkers on Sunday. Coming up, NASCAR president Steve Phelps stops by. He'll give us his outlook on this coming season. And later, the man who owns the race-winning car of the Daytona 500 race winner, Tad Geschechter, will join us as well. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live with a visit from NASCAR president Steve Phelps. It's been quite the eventful off-season. The sport has made its return this past weekend for a brand new season, but there have been rule changes. There's been a couple of events that are now debuting on the 2023 schedule. Alex Hayden sat down with Steve Phelps to discuss all of that, but started with the stellar debut of the next-gen race car. How important was that incredible debut of that race car? Yes, there are some tweaks. You mentioned that that need to be made to make the car safer. But to have a record tying 19 different winners in our top division, the NASCAR Cup Series, how important was the performance of that car across the board on the landscape of this sport? Well, I think the next-gen car did a couple things. One, the the racing itself was extraordinary, to your point. 19 winners, five first-time winners. I mean, just hard to... Those numbers are hard to fathom. Um, if someone had said to me this time last year, you're going to have 19 winners and 20 if you include Brian Blindy's win at the All-Star, I would have said it's not possible. But but it is, right? And that's what we saw. But I think it was also a changing business model. Like Fans don't really see that, but it's important because the changes that we have made to how the car is, you know, from its the building of the car to getting on the racetrack is different than it was in the last generation car. So the next gen car was really important. It has led to new ownership. Um, again, the Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin entrant or the, and Justin Marks has been very vocal. It's like, without the next gen car, I would not be here. Um, and that's important. And because it provides, I mean, just think about Trackhouse, right? Think about the infusion of energy that, that Justin and his team, Pitbull, and then Daniel and, and obviously Ross have brought to this what they brought to the sport last year. It's it's incredible, and I think that seeing you know the emergence of twenty three eleven and these guys competing for wins and playoff bursts and championships or what's happening with Jimmy Johnson and, and Legend Motor Club, I mean that's fantastic for the sport and and it is because it provides competitive racing at all levels within the you know the thirty six charters and that's really what fans want. Visiting with Steve Phelps, president of NASCAR. To your point about some of the new ownership, 
Ford, Chevrolet, Toyota have been outstanding manufacturing partners to this sport. Do you foresee any other manufacturers? You know, I do. I don't know when that's going to happen, but we're in discussions and, and have been for, for a while with um, a couple of different um, auto manufacturers. I think that having more is better, honestly, um, because it allows those OEMs to serve the existing teams better. Um, so I think to me, an ideal number of um, OEMs for our sport would be five. Uh, we've got three terrific ones right now. Um, I think that the health of those OEMs within our sport is as, as strong as it's been in decades. And that's comforting because they provide, um, you know, they provide funding to our existing, uh, to our existing teams. They provide tech, uh, technology, um, to our existing teams. They're, they're here to make the racing better and that's what competing does. Right. So if we had one OEM, I, I honestly wouldn't look the same, um, having the three and then four and five just makes the sport healthier. I want to go back to something you, you mentioned just a second ago about so many new fans that we have, but also so many of our what we call legacy fans, our pioneer fans that, that love this sport and continue to support it. If there are people out there that are fans or heck, even an outlet someplace that might be on the fence about NASCAR, what would you say to them? Um, I, you know, honestly, give us a try, right? We Come sample us. Come to a racetrack. Um, it's going to be different than you think it's going to be. Um, ideally, find someone who knows something about NASCAR that can take you through the journey about coming to a racetrack. Um, but seeing, to me, seeing what happens with a first-time fan, looking through their eyes, it's so much fun, right? Um, and we've all done that, right? You're bringing friends, family, you know, business associates that come to the racetrack for the first time. They're like, oh my goodness, this is different than I thought it was going to be. And I love it. I'm going to be a lifetime fan. That's what happens to us. So I think we've been able to do that with some of these. You think last year at the Clash, 71% of the fans were had never been to a NASCAR race. The Clash this year, 45% of the fans who bought tickets had never been to a NASCAR race. Those things are important to us, right? It's it, We want to sample. I think the same thing, honestly, is going to happen in Chicago, where I would say well over the fans that, that attend that race will be first-time fans. That's that's fantastic and which means that 50 percent of the people that are there are existing fans who are like you know what i don't want to miss this and we'll have far more people that are tuning in for that race than you know tuned into um you know kind of the rates the race that it replaced um just because it's new and different and and that's not a bad thing agree 100 percent. and finally as we celebrate and look back at 75 years of nascar racing where do you see this sport on year 80 where do you see the sport on year 85 well i'm very optimistic alex about where the sport's going i would say the growth that we've experienced is 2019 um while other sports have really declined um, on television for us we've more than held our own and so my expectation is we are going to continue to be bold and innovative and this sports attendance is going to continue to drive forward. We're going to continue to race at new places. Obviously, race at you know a lot of these fantastic existing tracks that we have too. Um, but I think our ratings are going to continue to grow, and I think the popularity of this sport is going to get to a place that 
um, that we haven't seen in, in a couple of decades. The word relevance comes to mind a lot in the sports landscape. I believe truly that the, the sport of NASCAR racing is as healthy and as relevant as it's ever been. I think that's a true statement. I think relevance is um, it's hard to get to. Um, and you can say, hey, we want to be more relevant. It, it's the actions that happen, right? So you have to prove to whoever that's going to be, existing fans, new fans, people, frankly, that are not fans at this particular point, that we have a relevance. Um, and I think we have. And I think 2020 was a big part of that relevance. It's important to, to celebrate 75 years, all the while maintaining the momentum of the present, but more importantly, planning for the future. Steve Phelps, thanks so much for your leadership. Thanks for your sharing your vision and your passion for the sport of NASCAR. Thank you, Alex. It's a pleasure. Once again, we thank NASCAR President Steve Phelps for stopping by. Hopefully, the rest of 2023 is as exciting and eventful as the first week of the season has been. Coming up, Tad Geschechter, co-owner for JTG Darty Racing. He'll join the show, and later we'll preview this weekend's action in Southern California. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This year's Great American Race was won by a single car team. Earlier, we caught it with the driver, that being, of course, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Now, let's hear from one of the owners. Our Alex Hayden caught up with Tad Geschechter. Tad, you've been doing this a long, long, long time, and you've had some highlights. How does this compare, though? Well, you think all the people that stuck behind us, Gordon Smith, Brad Doherty, Ernie, all the hard work, all the sponsors have stuck behind us through thick and thin. Uh, it's just unbelievable. Early morning, Monday morning, after the Daytona 500 and you're a champion, can you even really wrap your mind around it to this point? You know, last night, it just felt surreal, and everything was in slow motion, and it hadn't sunk in this morning. It's starting to, and man, what a big win. You just start to understand it as you start doing all the media stuff and watch what Ricky's going to do this year and hear from everyone. I had uh, 918 texts last night. <laughs> it's going to take some time to go through those. This is a race team. You're a single-car race team competing in the landscape that NASCAR is where there's so many big, big teams how important was this as a statement for everybody else out there? Yes, I think that uh, you know NASCAR wanted to create parity, and I think that they continue to make moves to do that. And uh, you know, certainly we get a lot of help from Chevrolet, and, and Rick Hendricks helping us more this year with some engineering support. But you know, it's forty-five people that touch that car in our shop, and there's some people that have four or five hundred, so that's pretty special. When you look at the amount of effort that it takes from the ownership side of things just to get a race car on a racetrack at this level the number of partners you have somewhere in the neighborhood what 17 18 19 partners the challenges of just getting a car on the track have got to be enormous have you had the opportunity at all to really reach out to all of your partners that help make this happen yes I, you know the beautiful thing about it happening in daytona is you want them to be here when it happens and i was afraid it wouldn't it was in daytona so everyone was here so they were in victory lane with us they were at the after party with us uh i've got some really cool recordings of uh, ricky walking into the after party and and everyone cheering and chanting and uh the ones i haven't weren't there I've, i'm definitely reaching out to this morning you guys have Mike Kelly back on, crew chief here with Ricky Stenhouse Jr., the enormous friendship that they have, which translates to success. How important was that piece of the puzzle? 
I think it was critical. Uh, as an athlete, I didn't respond well to, to screamers as coaches. I needed to know they believed in me, had my back in the good and bad times. And I think that's what Mike and Ricky have in their relationship. So the chemistry's there. Mike's a really good leader of the team, too. I like his style and what he believes in. So I'm kind of excited to see where this goes next. Well, let's talk about that because there's a whole season still in front of you. Realistically, you guys are a playoff team as we sit right now moving forward. Do you feel like there's more pressure on your race team right now because you're expected to win now? I think as I looked at our year last year, I, you know, in, in uh, May when we were going to miles, mile and a half, two mile racetracks, we had the best four or five weeks in the history of our company and the history of Ricky's career. So we felt pretty good about those tracks, needed to shore up the short tracks and the road courses. Uh, to really be a contender for, you know, going deep in the playoff run. But, you know, we had a good winner uh, with the new tools that Chevy and, and Hendrick gave us, and I, I'm sure we'll close the gap. We have smart people. It's amazing to see just the hours they put in. You know, we started the week, didn't qualify well, which is unusual for us here. Um, Ricky was okay on Thursday night, but he wasn't totally happy with it. And people just kept digging and getting on the computer at night and, sitting up in the hotel until we were fast so that's that's the kind of dedication it takes the owners in nascar and specifically at the nascar cup series level what have they been like have you had the opportunity to correspond with any of the other owners as of yet especially ones who have been in this position before you know uh very first person in victory lane to hug me was joe gibbs and uh what a special man and, and leader he is uh that was really cool um you know, I, about four years ago, we had a trailer fire going to Kansas in September, and it happened at 3 in the morning. When your phone rings at 3 in the morning, it's your truck driver, you're like, this can't be good. <laughs> and we lost everything on the way to Kansas. And uh, by 7 a.m., we'd heard from every ownership group in the Cup Garage and some in the Xfinity Garage saying, what do you need? Well, how can we help? And that, that's the type of people they are. So it's a pretty cool group. What would the celebration be like for all the employees back at the race shop that didn't get a chance to be here with you guys? Yeah, we, uh, we're we going to have a big time. I expect we're going to spend a lot of money on rings for everybody. I think we'll get a lot of pictures with the trophy and have a big lunch. And uh, uh, a lot of our suppliers sometimes will supply us lunch. It may be a week of lunches, but we're going to have a good time with this. You've been at this for a long, long time, a couple of decades plus to finally reach our sport's biggest race victory lane does this make the hard times the low times worthwhile now oh man you're gonna make me cry yeah <laughs> you think about uh there are times when you sit in the in the floor in the living room early on where you didn't know if you're gonna make it to the next week and you know during covid when uh, the sponsorship started driving up uh, drying up and the new car coming and uh there are times that uh they test your faith but uh I heard a preacher say, God whispers to you in your good times. He speaks to you in your quiet times, and he yells at you in your hard times. So those, those uh, kind of steal you for this, and you really enjoy that, the good times when he's whispering to you. The times couldn't be much better than they are right now. Congratulations, champ. You're a Daytona 500 winner. Thanks, man. Thank you, Alex. You've heard from Daytona 500 champion-winning driver and car owner. Well, this week on NASCAR Live Wide Open, be sure to catch Alex Hayden's interview with crew chief Mike Kelly. Of course, you can subscribe to NASCAR Live on your favorite podcast platform. That episode will drop on Thursday. Coming up, we'll preview this weekend's action at Auto Club Speedway and later give you a snippet of the MRN Classic Race of the Week. This is NASCAR Live. 
Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Recently, Auto Club Speedway President Dave Allen publicly announced that the organization was planning to officially reconfigure the two-mile speedway into a short track. That means this weekend's event will be the last Cup Series event ever on the current configuration. Last year's event was one for the ages. As Kyle Larson had to grind out an impressive win, will Sunday's event provide the same level of excitement? Our Kyle Ricky has more. While the Daytona 500 is a great way to start every NASCAR season, many say the season really begins the following week at the Auto Club Speedway, simply because the racing is more representative of what we'll see on a weekly basis. If last year's race there was any sign of what we will see this year, with Kyle Larson dueling with Daniel Suarez and Austin Dillon in the closing laps, everyone will once again be in for a treat. For many drivers, Auto Club Speedway is listed among their favorites. Chase Briscoe is one of those drivers, and he explains why he always looks forward to heading to Fontana, California. Yeah, that, that track is extremely fun from a driver's standpoint. It's just really rough. It's slick. It's wore out. You, uh, you know, you run around on the fence. But it's definitely one of my favorite racetracks. Um, you know, it's just something about that place. You're going, you know, 200 plus getting into the corner. And like I said, it's just it's slick. It's wore out. It's like a massive dirt track. So for me, it's always been one of my favorite racetracks that I've gotten to run at. Um, yeah, just going to really enjoy this last race there. You know, there's not very many places we go that are that fast and especially that are that slick and wore out. So, uh, uh, yeah, just going there this year and hopefully going to enjoy hopefully have a good run and uh, send that place out like it deserves to be sent out. Joey Logano has three wins at Auto Club Speedway in the Xfinity Series and shares Briscoe's sentiment about the track being one of his favorites because of the challenge that it presents. The Auto Club is one of the best racetracks we have in our sport right now from a, from a racing standpoint. It's really exciting because you got these long straightaways that create some draft opportunities and things like that. But you have the, the corners that are super wide and you can run every inch of that racetrack up against the wall, down to the grass. Uh, that part's great. The tire fall off and, and like that strategy goes along with that. It's really interesting there. Uh, it's challenging. It's bumpy. The, the um, seams with the sealer in it becomes very challenging as well well it's a hard racetrack like for a driver to get around there it is challenging i like that like i want that 2311 racing's bubba wallace goes even further when he says that he loves the two mile track so much that he wishes he could race there every week i wish we could just pick it up and move it to move it move it in my backyard that'd be great it's not that big but move it somewhere like we could go race there like weekly. It's like it's that type of racetrack. It's so fun. It's wore out, bumpy, um, provides always great racing, I feel like. And you're just slipping and sliding. It's just a bigger homestead. This weekend's Paula Casino 400 will be even more special than usual. Speedway president Dave Allen announced earlier this month that this will be the last race on the current two-mile configuration. After this weekend's race, the Speedway will look to begin a reconfiguration and not return to the Cup Series schedule until at least 2025. Winning the final race on the current track would have a special meaning for Denny Hamlin, not only because he has yet to do it in the Cup Series, but because of all the obstacles he has faced there in the past. Well, that that race in general will mean a lot to me anyway. I, it's just a track I've come very close to winning at, but haven't. They have an awesome trophy there. 
there. It's just a fun track that I like going to. I, I think that the racing there is uh, on, especially for a bigger track, is second to none. And yeah, just you know, I got injured there, so and I also had to miss a race there because uh, I had metal in my eye. I've had all kinds of crazy things happen at that racetrack that's keep me from either competing or uh, winning there. But it it'd be special to me for that specific reason. Throughout all the years that Hamlin and others have raced there, the track has changed quite a bit. And California native A.J. Allmendinger says the track has aged like a fine wine. You know, as the, the pavement's gotten older, I feel like all of a sudden within a couple of years, the race flipped to it was probably one of the most non-exciting races that we'd have. And all of a sudden it just seemed like it changed to where it is one of the most exciting races that we that we go to. Drivers love it. You slip and slide around. And it's just, it's it's put on a lot of great shows, especially to me over the last 10 years. Kevin Harvick is also a California native, and the Speedway has always had a special meaning for him. With the 2014 Series champion embarking on a retirement tour in 2023, he gets reflective when he says he likely wouldn't be where he is now without one of his first performances at the then California Speedway. Being from California and, and having so much history at the California Speedway, and I really believe that in you know 1998 Winston West Series race and Richard Seamy race for the first time there had a huge part of me having the opportunity at, at Richard Childress Racing. So, look, I, I I worked at the at the Spears shop that is 30 minutes from the racetrack. I grew up two hours from the racetrack and and I have a lot of family and friends and people that that go to that race and have gone to that race for a number of years. Through the years, it just isn't Harvick that has used Auto Club Speedway as a launching point for their career. Future Hall of Famers like Jimmy Johnson and Kyle Busch scored their first victories there. With those memories and more to reflect on, this weekend will be a special one as NASCAR's 75th anniversary continues by celebrating Auto Club Speedway. That Paula Casino 400 preview was brought to you by Whelan Engineering. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, has been manufacturing in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay. Coming up, we'll cap this week's show by hearing a snippet of the 2001 Napa Auto Parts 500 as it's the MRN Classic Race of the Week. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Before we head to the house and before we pack up and head out west to Auto Club Speedway for the weekend, we thought we'd revisit a feel-good moment in NASCAR history as our Rusty Wallace honored the late Dale Earnhardt Sr. after taking the checkered flag in the 2001 Napa Auto Parts 500. Rusty Wallace scores the win of the Napa Auto Parts 500 here at the California Speedway here this afternoon and begins his victory lap a little bit different here today on the day that would have been Dale Earnhardt's 50th birthday. Rusty Wallace is carrying a number three flag around this California Speedway to the delight of the fans here. Yeah, Rusty and Earnhardt were probably two as good of buddies as they are in racing and a nice gesture on his part this afternoon here as it will be a while before he gets down to victory lane. That flashback is brought to you by Mahindra. Race fans, don't forget to cheer for Chase Briscoe in the Mahindra Tractor's number 14 car and race into your local dealer for big savings on Mahindra, the official tractor of Tough. You can hear that race in its entirety right now on MRN.com or by subscribing to MRN Classic Races wherever you listen to podcasts. It's going to be a busy weekend of racing out west. Auto Club Speedway is our destination. Our coverage will begin Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 
and to be practicing qualifying for the Paula Casino 400. Later Saturday, the NASCAR Xfinity Series will be racing the Production Alliance Group 300, Motor Racing Network Airtime, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, and, of course, the Paula Casino 400 at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. NASCAR Live Race Day on the air and counting you down into NASCAR Cup Series Race 2 of the 2023 season. Our thanks to Ricky Stenhouse Jr. for joining us. Also, our thanks to Tad Geschechter and NASCAR President Steve Phelps. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. We thank you for being here as well. We'll catch you on NASCAR Live Wide Open Thursday, NASCAR Live Race Day Sunday, and right back here on NASCAR Live next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. And was brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Trey Downing, Pat Jaggers, and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com.